You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. I want to welcome you to the God Save Our World edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That's right, guys. We're calling it God Save Our World because our world is indeed in need of saving. We're going to be talking about uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth II, 70 years that she reigned as uh, the matriarch of the British Empire. So we're going to be talking about uh, talking about her life, her legacy, what does all of this mean, uh, and much more. We're also going to be talking about what is going on in the state of Georgia. That's right, guys. There's a lot going on there, uh, particularly uh, in uh, the races that are leading up to the November midterm elections. And uh, want to take some time and talk about a couple key races that Georgians are going to have to make a decision about uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, And finally, rounding out the top, the three topics for this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're going to be talking about the movie The Little Mermaid. That's right. It's time, 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 time. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thought, 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 thought of the week. So today, our prayer should be not only God save the queen and God save the king, but God save the president. God save our leaders. But not only that, God save humanity. God save the indigent. God save the immigrant. God save the disenfranchised. God save our communities. God save our families. God save our children. God save our countries. God save our nation. God save our world. Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to the issues that matter to you. We want to welcome you to the God Save Our World edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. That's right, guys. We're calling it God Save Our World because our world is indeed in need of 
of saving. A lot of things to talk about in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to be talking about uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, her, she is being memorialized uh, all of this week. Those I'm sure of you who are listening under the sound of my voice have been watching on uh, the respective news outlets, uh, whether it be on television or even on YouTube, Sky News, uh, the various ceremonies that are taking place uh, in the country of in the continent on the continent of the U- of the UK uh, to memorialize uh, this um, queen who is the longest was the longest living monarch in. In, uh, British history 70 years that she reigned as uh, the matriarch of the British Empire so we're going to be talking about uh, talking about her life her legacy what does all of this mean uh, and much more in the first segment of this week's show we're also going to be talking about what is going on in the state of Georgia that's right guys there's a lot going on there uh, particularly uh, in uh, the races that are leading up to the November midterm elections and uh, want to take some time and talk about a couple key races that Georgians are going to have to make a decision about uh, in the next few weeks, uh, particularly between uh, the gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, who is uh, the Democratic uh, nominee for governor uh, facing off against the Republican sitting governor Brian Kemp. Uh, And we're also going to be talking about another quite controversial race, a Senate race between Senator Raphael, Senator and Reverend Raphael Warnack, uh, the Democratic uh, candidate, as well as the sitting senator for the state of Georgia uh, going up against or facing off against uh, Republican candidate, former Buffalo Bills running back Herschel Walker. Um, This is a very interesting uh, Senate race. And uh, again, one that Jordans will have to be making a decision about in just a few weeks. So we're going to be talking about that and the implications and ramifications of these Senate race, Senate and gubernatorial races, as well as much more uh, that is happening in both the Democratic and even in the Republican Party. We'll be doing that in the second segment of this week's show. And finally, rounding out the top the three topics for this week's edition of the thinking out loud radio show we're going to be talking about the movie the little mermaid that's right guys it is now going to be a live action movie uh directed and produced by the disney uh by, by disney rather and um they are uh they've selected a very interesting um person to be the Little Mermaid actress and songstress Hallie Bailey Hallie Bailey she's an African-American actress and songstress and she will be uh, the Little Mermaid in the live action movie a lot of controversy around that of course we'll be talking about that in the third topic at the end of this week's show 
And in addition to the three topics that we'll be discussing in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we have got a dynamic thought of the week for you entitled God Save the World. God Save the World. Of course, uh, you know, God Save the Queen and now God Save the King are the anthems of the British Empire. And uh, this, I believe, this thought is directly tied to the first topic that we'll be talking about in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we certainly believe that uh, the help and the salvation of the world lies directly in its creator. And uh, so we plan to share that powerful thought with you at the end of this week's show. Well, guys, we're getting ready to take our first break. But when we come back, we're jumping into my first topic, discussing the life and the legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and professor, Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is is a much more um, brilliant and 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 um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also a black America statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa. Um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So. I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Refined. Rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought book working experience.
What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You played a, a clip of her speaking in Cape Town in 1947 in right. South Africa. Right. That's the year apartheid took effect in South Africa. They, that was something British colonialism ushered in. British colonialism, which she presided over for all these years, was had a terrible effect on, on much of the world. It's something that people uh, revolt from. And I, I have to say to the, your earlier question, why, why are news, American news networks uh, dedicating all of this time to Queen Elizabeth's funeral? I think it's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it's something, there's a weakness in the American character that still yearns for that era of hereditary privilege, which is the very thing that, that we escaped from. So people are angry that individuals who dealt with genocide because of British colonial rule are not celebrating her life the way they want them to. Yet again, people gladly condemned Fidel Castro. And so this goes to what I always talk about, the person that controls the narrative controls uh, how we think and feel. And frankly, the view in this country is don't say anything bad about Queen Elizabeth II because she was a great, wonderful, happy person and ignore colonial rule and its impact on indigenous people. Well, you know, Roland, um, this is one of the reasons why the Black Star Media Network is so important. And last night I did a three hour broadcast dealing with um, Queen Elizabeth II, British colonial, British colonialism and slavery, because I watched a lot of the coverage all day long on MSNBC. That's basically what I had it on all day, watching MSNBC, and they didn't deal with any of that history. Okay, the the opulence when they showed all the footage and going back decades, and they showed the 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 the, the gold carriage, the gold carriage drawn by. 30 horses and they show all the people in, in, in their regalia and things like this. They don't talk about the British colonialism that exploited people, tortured people, enslaved people to create the billions of dollars. So you see that opulence displayed, you know, so, when, you know, now, the, now within the last maybe three hours, New York Times just published an article in Africa, the Queen's death renews a debate about the legacy of the British Empire, and it deals with Kenya and the Mau Mau Rebellion, okay? When you go, uh, I, I did a lot of research yesterday on Queen Elizabeth, but also on Great Britain. When you look at how many African countries they got from the Berlin Conference of 1884, okay? And you look, they got the Gambia, Nigeria, where that sister's from, okay? They got Ghana, Sierra Leone. They got uh, Kenya, Tanzania, uh, Malawi, Zambia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, okay? When, so when you go talk to those African people who had relatives who were killed by the British Empire, they have no love for her. They have no love for King Charles III. May, May 19th, 2022, when Meghan Markle married uh, Prince Harry, I did a two hour broadcast and I said, black people watch the royal wedding 
and got teary-eyed, but you forgot about the transatlantic slave trade. Because I said she married into, this is no disrespect to Meghan Markle, I said she married into a family of colonizers. They're not colonizers because they're white. They're colonizers because Britain colonized one-fifth of the world population a hundred years ago. One-fifth of the world population was under, under British rule. And they didn't rule with kindness. They didn't rule with a smile. They ruled with brutality. So I wish, I don't wish anything ill on Queen Elizabeth II. I sure as hell don't miss her. We are back and you heard in the uh, opening of this segment that we're going to be talking about uh, Queen Elizabeth's death, but we're going to be talking about it from a very different perspective. Uh, we're going to be talking about colonialism and imperialism uh, that is uh, a part of the sordid past of the British Empire. Um, there are uh, a lot of things to discuss regarding that, and uh, we're going to deal with that. Uh, in the first segment of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're also going to talk about um, the British family from another perspective, uh, the idolization of the royal family. Uh, this, of course, is a family that is probably the most photographed, This mo the family that is probably the most talked about family on the planet. And uh, we're going to deal with, you know, why are we so... Um, uh, intrigued by them what is the what, what why are we so drawn and attracted to this family and deal with uh the idolizing of this family and idolizing things and people and the problems that we can run into when we do that in fact we're going to start there um uh, because of course you know queen elizabeth uh the second did pass on September the 8th. Many of you, including myself, have been watching some of the events that uh, have been unfolding over this past week uh, as uh, the, 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 Un the United Kingdom memorializes this, the longest living monarch in British history, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, we watched on CNN, on MSNBC, and most of the news outlets, uh, the things that have been happening surrounding her death. Of course, we know that um, King uh, Charles III is now uh, the new monarch of the British Empire, and uh, he, along with his family, uh, have been paying their respects uh, to this to his mother uh, throughout this week and she will be funeralized on this coming Monday at Westminster Abbey along with other world leaders and heads of state that will converge on uh, uh, the United Kingdom uh, this coming Monday to say their goodbyes to Queen Elizabeth II uh, but as we start our discussion uh, about this I want to deal with um, idolizing and the idolization of the royal family as I said earlier this is probably the most talked about uh, family on the planet um, and uh, you know when you think about the royal family and everything that has happened and transpired uh, you know that is written about them in, in news articles or uh, seen on television in documentaries uh, you, you you know we're drawn to it it's almost like a, a, a soap opera 
that that we see unfolding in front of our eyes and uh, we can go all the way back to Princess Diana and you know when when she was uh, the bride of Prince Charles at the time and um, and the, the, the this this fairy tale wedding that we saw uh, at Westminster Abbey and you know at the time he was again herald to be the next uh, heir to the throne and she was going to be by his side and she was the you know the beautiful uh, beloved princess not just in uh, Britain but even around the world everyone loved Princess Diana um, and you know it was a marriage that was not perfect it was a marriage that was not um, without its problems uh, but yet we watched this soap opera but it was not a soap opera in the sense that it was a fantasy but this was happening in real life in real time right in front of us um, and we were drawn to it we watched it all the way even up to her untimely death um, and, and, and it's unfortunate to see how all of these things happen uh, to this family uh, but you know as I am watching like many of you uh, the events that are surrounding the Queen's death uh, they say that an estimated 2 million people will be uh, paying their respects to this monarch um, who has passed on and I'm not here to uh, you know min trivialize her death or even to uh, minimize her life uh, but I, I want to speak to this the, to this this desire that we have to you know idolize uh, the royal family um, there's some 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 pitfalls that go along with that uh, when you put people on uh, pedestals and you uh, you know obviously make them you know superior uh, over you or or you look at them in that light there's a great deal of problems that that go along with that one is that you begin to devalue yourself when you uh, put people on pedestals and you you project this 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 unrealistic expectation of perfection upon them that they can't even live up to and we all know the 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 royal family is was rife with scandal always something happening whether it did make the public or whether it even didn't make the public and um, uh, but but yet we were drawn to them and we still are drawn to them and uh, and it really plays out again in moments like these when you see people standing in these long lines four and five miles long for four and five and ten and fifteen hours they were saying yesterday that uh, you know celebrity soccer player David Beckham stood in line for 12 hours just to pay his respects um, to 
uh, the Queen Elizabeth. And it's not like, you know, her coffin is trans is uh, translucent or uh, or where you can actually see her. Um, it is draped in the in the uh, royal families or the monarch's standard or the flag and you cannot see her. So you are walking and you're walking by. Uh, some are genuflecting and bowing and uh, doing all of those types of things to someone who cannot even see them, cannot even hear them. Um, you know, they have passed on and it's really kind of odd in a sense uh, when you watch these types of things happen again not to 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 trivialize her death at all but I wanted to again highlight uh, you know the, the 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 fine line that we seem to be towing when it comes to paying your respects and then even going over and beyond that with uh, with, with these kinds of things that are happening uh, with regards to the queen um, and and then talking about this unrealistic uh, expectation of perfection that is projected on uh, the royal family it was not perfect they're not a perfect family um I want to share with you just quickly a um, interview clip uh, from Princess Diana that was a very candid and honest clip, uh, an interview clip that she shared uh, and this at the time where she was, uh, I believe, separated from Princess Char Prince Charles, uh, but she was more than willing to be honest and open about uh, how she felt about the royal family and how the royal family she felt how how the royal family felt about her, I believe one of the questions that the uh, interviewer asked her was, you know, do you think you will ever be queen? And uh, she gave a very interesting response. Take a listen. Do you think you will ever be queen? <sighs> No, I don't. No. Why do you think that? I'd like to be a queen of people's hearts, in people's hearts. But I don't see myself being queen of this country. I don't think many people would want me to be queen. Actually, when I say many people, I mean the establishment that I'm married into. Because they've decided that I'm a non-starter. Why do you think they've decided that? Because I do things differently, because I don't go by a rule book, because I lead from the heart, not the head. And albeit that's got me into trouble in my work, I understand that. But someone's got to go out there and love people and show it. And do you think that because of the way you behave, that's precluded you effectively from becoming queen? Yes, I, well, not precluded me, I wouldn't say that. Um, I just don't think I have as many supporters in that environment than I did. Than I did yeah. You mean within the royal household? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm They see me as a, a threat of some kind. And I'm here to do good. Not a dis I'm not a destructive person. Why do they see you as a threat? I think every strong woman in history has had to walk down a similar path. And I think it's the strength that causes the confusion and the fear. 
Why is she strong? Where does she get it from? Where is she taking it? Where is she going to use it? Why do the public still support her? When I say public, you go and do an engagement and there's a great many people there. So there you have it, you know, and, you know, some might think that because of uh, Princess Diana's candor and honesty and openness about the inner workings of the royal family, that might have been uh, one of the reasons for her untimely demise. You know, who knows? But one thing for sure is that the, the family was rife with scandal. Um and who know you know that is, is speculated that that could have been even been the one of the reasons why uh prince harry and and uh, and well du uh, duke harry and duchess megan uh decided to uh go their separate ways because of uh you know the, the the some of the things that may have been going on in the family they there was speculation that they didn't like Megan, or that they didn't like the fact that he selected, uh, he picked her as his as his bride. So, you know, <laughs> and this is this these again are reasons why uh, this family isn't perfect, and yet we are drawn to them. But the Bible talks about us not making gods out of people. And to not put uh, anything before God. And that's what we're doing when we are idolizing people and idolizing man. Um, and and it's, it's something that we have to be cognizant and aware of, I think. But I don't want to spend a lot of time there because uh, I want to really deal with the colonization of the British Empire, which is... Uh, what was discussed in the show opening or the segment opening and how, you know, the imperialism and colonialism is a part of the sordid past of the British Empire that the Queen is very much a part of. The Queen, Queen Elizabeth II is very much a part of. And you heard it from uh, uh, CNN as well as the Roland Martin Unfiltered show where they talked about uh, and exposed and exposed uh, the colonialism and imperialism of the British Empire. These were clips from both of these shows, respectively, talking about not just the legacy of Queen Elizabeth II, but the sordid past of imperialism and colonialism that is very much a part of the British Empire. Whether you know it or not, uh, the the British have colonized the world. Let me say that again. The British have colonized the world. And Queen Elizabeth II, in many, in many cases, is viewed as a symbol of that colonization. In fact, there's an article in Time Magazine that reads, Queen Elizabeth II's death is a chance to examine the present-day effects of Britain's colonial past. It goes on to read, since Queen Elizabeth II was crowned in 1952, 
dozens of nations colonized by the British Empire have gained their independence and continue to rebuild their societies. Some critics of the royal family see last week's death of Britain's longest reigning monarch as an opportunity to re-envision the monarchy's role and to finally acknowledge the struggles of all those who were affected and impacted by British imperialism around the world and in Britain itself. And I was reading or listening rather uh, to the radio coming home for work one day this week and um, there was a uh, story being told about uh, the country of Kenya uh, and Kenya was colonized by the British and there are uh, lawsuits uh, that have been levied against the British Empire uh, by uh, the Kenyan people uh, because of their the brutality and uh, and the and and the colonization of their country. Um, I believe there was a twenty million dollar settlement in one particular case. Uh, regarding the Kenyan people. There's also another lawsuit that has been levied against the British Empire uh, because uh, I think back in the 1950s when King, uh, Queen Elizabeth was, or might, might not have been, well, yeah, I think it was. It might have been around that time. Uh, the, 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 the king of... Um, Kenya was invited to the British Empire, I believe, to uh, discuss their countries, the possibility of their countries of uh, freedom from the British Empire. But it was it was a setup, and the the king was ultimately killed and beheaded, and his head was taken as a trophy of war and now years later uh, decades later the people of Kenya are suing the British Empire to recover their former king's head so that their country can begin the healing process and this was this is just one of many examples of uh, of the co colonization of the British Empire. And this article goes on to read, the legacy of colonization has been well documented and often included slavery. Yes, slavery. The, 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 uh, the, the English, uh, the British Empire was directly and indirectly involved in the slave trade and forced movement of people, brutal suppression, and the extraction of resources at the expense of local economies. For many of us from the colonies, the death of Elizabeth II signifies in very particular ways that she was the symbol of an empire built on genocide, slavery, violence, extraction, and brutality, the legacies of which continue even in our present day. This was said by Anna uh, Kesson, a professor of black diasporic art at Princeton University. 
she says, and I quote, she was not only a symbol, she was complicit in this empire. So she was not just a symbol, but because of her position, she was an accessory. Someone of her stature had the power and the influence to do something about uh, about this, but she chose not to, and thereby being complicit in the colonization of the British Empire. And so you can understand why everyone is not um, grieving with the royal family and the loss of Queen Elizabeth II. In fact, there, you know, once her death became public, there were uh, tweets being put out on social media about abolishing the monarch completely. Is asking the question: Is the the monarch still relevant in our day and time? And I think that's a legitimate question to ask. Um, but the article continues: This part of the monarchy's history is often conveniently hidden or ignored in Britain. You know, it's swept under the rug. It's is is whitewashed. It's 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 completely uh, 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 wiped away in some respects. Says our our Den Kessie. This history needs to be addressed in the wake of Queen Elizabeth II's death. She adds, the current rhetoric, pageantry, and colonial nostalgia around her death reinforces this refusal to acknowledge and deal with this imperial history, a history that defines so much of our current moment that defines what Britain is. And that is such a very powerful statement that, that's being made there because uh, you know, they they believe that rather than addressing the the, ele- the the pink elephant in the room, they would just rather they they would much rather ignore it and act as if it doesn't even exist. And that's what this pageantry and and the colonial nostalgia, all of that, that is reflected in the ceremonies and the parades and all of the things that's going on. That is reflected in all of this. That's happening. It's 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 um, it's the country's way of refusing to deal with. Is sorted past. It's almost um, it, it's 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 similar to uh, and even in this country where for many many years uh, black people were trying to get white America to um, officially apologize for the 400 years of slavery that we endured, and I think it was I think it might have been President Clinton who was the first president to openly acknowledge uh, that, you know, the the slavery of black America and to officially apologize and offer an apology uh, for slavery. Um, Now, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. Uh, You know, here we are still... um, experiencing some of the residual effects 
of slavery, uh, even in this country, black people are still marginalized, disenfranchised, impoverished in a country that we indeed help to build. And, and so this has been the plight of black America for centuries now. But that and, and that is also directly and indirectly tied to the colonialism of the British Empire. And as you heard in the article, Queen Elizabeth is not just a symbol of the British colonialism, but she is complicit in this as well. For all the good that she might have done, uh, this is also a part of the sordid past of the British Empire as well. I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about both of these uh, these perspectives of Queen Elizabeth's death, the idolization of the royal family, as well as the colonization of the British Empire. I'd love to know what your thoughts are about that. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ or hit us up on any of our social media platforms, uh, Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN or the TOL Radio Show or just shoot us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. Guys, we're getting ready to take a break, but when we come back, we're getting right into my next topic, and that is what is happening in the state of Georgia. I'll explain on the other side of the break. It's a Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. 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 I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
Emmy Award winning journalist, Jamel Hill. I have to ask ourselves, how is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, oh no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they could say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things, but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed and are. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It was my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it, he talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the thinking out loud radio show. You played a, a clip of her speaking in Cape Town in 1947 in right. South Africa. Right. That's the year apartheid took effect in South Africa. They, that was something British colonialism ushered in. British colonialism, which she presided over for all these years, was, had a terrible effect on, on much of the world. It's something that people uh, revolt from. And I, I have to say to the, your earlier question, why, why are news, American news networks uh, dedicating all of this time to Queen Elizabeth's funeral? I think it's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it's something, there's a weakness in the American character that still yearns for that era of hereditary privilege, which is the very thing that, that we escaped from. Staying in Georgia, former football legend and Republican Senate candidate from Georgia, Herschel Walker has raised eyebrows several times for his exaggerated and sometimes shocking comments. What about his rambling comments? I mean, at times. Well, anyway, let's just let's well, we actually show. Play him. Here's some of his recent takes on important issues from gun control to climate change. We don't control the air. Our good air decided to float over to China, bad air. So when China gets our good air, their bad air got to move. So it moves over to our good air space. And now we got to clean that bike up. Cain, Kia, Abel. You know, and, uh, you know, and that's the problem that we have. And I said, what we need to do is look into how we can stop those things. You know, he talked about doing a disinformation. What about getting a department that can look at young men that's looking at uh, women, that looking at uh, just social media? What about doing that, looking into things like that, and we can stop that that way? But yet, they want to just continue to talk about taking away your constitutional rights. When I think about this, because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? I've, That's you when know, you go I, to the every science. Time, every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, well this was interesting, though. If that is true, why are there still apes? All right, you know, when I hear this, this makes me think of, like, listening to Donald Trump saying man, person, woman, <laughs> 
camera tape or whatever he said. He sounds like Daniel Webster there, but I, I listen to Herschel Walker. And I swear, I feel like I need my Ovaltine decoder ring because I have no idea what he's saying. And I mean, there have been conservatives who write for the the uh, National Review who have said the mere fact that this guy uh, has been selected by any major party uh, speaks ill of this country. Let's bring right now the dean of Columbia Journalism School and staff writer for The New Yorker. Jelani Cobb, his new piece for the magazine is titled Herschel Walker's Deficits are not the only cause for concern. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, give us your take on Herschel Walker, because I sure as hell don't understand what he's saying uh, cool. on on uh, evolution, on, on climate change, on anything. Well, I mean, I think it's a strange thing, um, you know, in that you, the Georgia Republican Party was aware of this well in advance of any of these things. There was a kind of internal resistance uh, to him being pushed uh, into that campaign. Uh, but, you know, he had the support of Donald Trump, and that put enough wind in his sails uh, to push him through the primaries and make him the nominee. Uh, now, his obvious deficits, I, I mean, don't really need to be explained much more than those clips did and show, you know, themselves. But the other side of it is that this is happening. We have semi-qualified, less than qualified, less than articulate candidates who run for office all the time. Uh, Herschel Walker happens to do, be doing this in a state that is at the center of a criminal probe about an effort to overturn an election, uh, and he would be in office uh, in ahead of the next presidential election. And that has really grave implications and complications I think we, we should be thinking about. There's a kind of comical element of some of his inarticulation, uh, but there's some really serious concerns beneath that. You know, your New Yorker piece on this, uh does it raise, does, does Herschel Walker's candidacy raise a larger issue in terms of the damage that's been done to this country via the former guy, Trump? Sure. I mean, the celebrity aspect of it, you know, just get a famous person out there, act tough or whatever, and you might get elected too. And who can say he might get elected, might not get elected? I mean, anybody can become president. Anybody did become president. Sure, and in polls, he's about three points behind yeah. uh, the current Senator Raphael Warnock. Uh, so he has more than a reasonable chance of being elected. Uh, but in the piece, I pointed out his most obvious qualifications for the Senate seem to be his 5,000 rushing yards at the University of Georgia yeah. uh, and his Heisman Trophy, uh, if we think that those are things that make you suitable to, to conduct public policy. And it also seems that he's had a number of revelations in recent weeks, embarrassing ones, including a number of children uh, that he previously not admit to. Are we seeing any sort of impact on his poll numbers on that? But also, secondly, what is that saying about a Republican Party that seems to be compromising itself on family values in order to support this candidate? Well, I mean, it, it's interesting. It says two things. You know, one, it, it, it illustrates yet again about the influence that Donald Trump has on the kind of rank and file Republicans. Right. But at the same time, many Republicans in the Georgia party understood this a long time ago. And even the, some of the stuff about the domestic violence allegations, yes. you know, the kind of devastating ad that was launched by one of his primary uh, opponents, and that didn't stop him. Uh, and it really, in a kind of microcosmic way, reminds you of that trail of that series of controversies and all the kind of outrages that we saw in 2016 that didn't stop Donald Trump from reaching the White House.
we're back on this week's edition of a thinking out loud radio show and um we talked about in the first segment the life and the legacy of queen elizabeth ii and talked about the uh the idolization of the royal family and some of the pitfalls that we run into when we put people on pedestals and how in doing so we ultimately devalue ourselves so that's one aspect of it that we discuss in the first segment and the other side of that is the colonization and uh of, of britain there's a word that uh comes to mind that is often used when you talk about colonizing and it's also imperialism uh and uh it is those the two are definitely intertwined because um it was the 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 country of britain that colonized the world and slavery has its roots in imperialism and colonize and colonization and that is a part of the discussion that we had in the first segment of this week's edition of the thinking out loud radio show we love to get your thoughts and feedback about that hit us up on facebook at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud hq or on any of our social media at tol radio host msn on twitter and instagram and tiktok let us know what your thoughts are or just send us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com but guys in this segment we're going to shift gears a bit and talk about what is going on in the state of georgia and by that i mean there are uh senate races and gubernatorial races that are taking place there and uh i i i'm just i want to know are you watching do you see what is going on uh, what is happening right before your very eyes? Uh, there's this, a Senate race that's taking place between uh, Democrat Senate, Democrat incumbent Senator Raphael Warnack, who is rivaled by um, Republican candidate uh, Herschel Walker, former NFL running back for the Buffalo Bills. And um, I, I, I am just uh, stupefied. <laughs> Uh, by uh, what is happening uh, with um, this this candidate uh, Herschel Walker, uh, who just seems to really put his foot in his mouth. I mean, all the way in his mouth uh, when it comes to uh, you know what he wants to do, what he plans to do if he became. The, the 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 senator from the state of georgia um there's so much to be said about uh about this this man running for running to unseat the democratic incumbent reverend Raphael warnack who i believe is a very intelligent uh charismatic uh astute um leader uh in his community and uh, um, a rising star in the Democratic Party. But here, the Republicans have put up this man, uh, this, this clown uh, in Herschel Walker to run against uh, Raphael Warnock, and it is going to be a debacle. I, 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 you know, when you look at some of the headlines that are being put out there, 
uh, Herschel Walker, this is the Daily Beast. Herschel Walker, the headline, is the saddest Senate candidate I've ever seen. You know, here, this this man has said some of the uh, the worst things He's, I mean, talk about unintelligible. According to the Daily Beast, he is unqualified, lying buffoon, and he's got a 50-50 chance of winning in Georgia. Um, the Republican U.S. Senate candidate from Georgia, Herschel Walker, last week sent out what might be the saddest tweet in the history of American politics. According to the Daily Beast, it's emblematic of a campaign that is among the saddest in recent political history. While criticizing his opponent, incumbent Democratic Senator Raphael Warnack for, quote, calling law enforcement thugs and bullies, uh, Walker, Herschel Walker tweeted that, uh, quote, was he was proud to serve the blue as an honorary agent and special deputy sheriff of Cobb County for many years. Attached to the tweet was a picture featuring Walker's certification as a special deputy sheriff. And it looked very much like a designation that law enforcement might hand out to children. Or as one member of Georgia put it, my son got a Paw Patrol badge. <laughs> I think that gives you both the same authority. <laughs> but he is not someone that you are that we can take seriously as someone that uh is you know that that the that 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 you can take seriously uh if they ever became uh a, a senator in the state of Georgia this is buffoonery at its worst and not even at its best because um you know behind all of it i really believe is what the republican party thinks of black people that all they have to do is just find up uh find a, a, a celebrity with a name a black celebrity with a name and that we will vote for them because of their name recognition and, and 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 that's how little that they think of you and I. And if I lived in the state of Georgia, there is no way in the world that Herschel Walker would have my vote. And and I'm not saying that because I'm a Democrat, but I'm I'm saying that because I am an intellectual, I am an influencer, I am someone who I believe have the ability to influence people and 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 I can see that this man is wrong for this position in so many ways and and um and the handwriting is on the wall it's it is sad and and he has said some very unintelligible things that has has really just you know uh, leave you scratching your head. Like, did he just say that? <laughs> uh, you know, I I I'm sure you heard some of 
some of uh, some of the comments that he's made. We've even opened this segment with a few of them, and they've all left you just scratching your head, like you cannot believe that this is some somebody the Republicans believe has an actual shot at beating an intellect like Dr. Raphael Warnack. And I'm not saying that because just because I believe in uh, in, 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 in Senator Raphael Warnock uh, Warnock's ability, uh, but I'm saying that as an in, intellect myself that that you can see right through this man. And if you think that that he is somebody that can adequately and effectively do the job of a senator in Washington, D.C., then you need to have yourself checked. You need to have you need to be checked out as well. I think you in worse shape than he is. But this is Tom Foolery. This is Tom Foolery. And uh, another uh, article that that's uh, come out that they've they've I guess now agreed to debate each other, which I'm I'm sure is going to be must see TV. Warnock and Walker to participate in Georgia Senate debate on October uh, 14th, according to news outlet The Hill. Senator Raphael, Senator Raphael Warnack is set to participate in a televised debate next month against Herschel Walker, his Republican challenger in the state Senate race. A spokesman for Warnock's campaign team confirmed with Savannah, Georgia, uh, NetStar's affiliate WSAV on Tuesday that the incumbent lawmaker will participate in the debate scheduled for October 14th. That is going to be must-see TV must see TV and Herschel Walker had the nerve to say and I quote Herschel Walker out um, oh this is um, this is not Herschel Walker this is Senator Reverend Warnack uh, basically calling Herschel Walker out Herschel Walker I'll see you on the stage in Savannah on October 14th Warnock said in a tweet on Tuesday and I hope you'll reconsider your refusal to debate in Atlanta and making so voters can see more than once the clear choice they have in the election I'm I believe he has um, been kind of um, trying to elude or uh, to e- 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 evade uh, 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 the 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 possibility of debating uh, Senator Raphael Warnock for obvious reasons because I'm sure he is he feels outmatched and I and 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 rightfully so, rightfully so. Um, he is he is someone that uh, I believe is going to. I mean, Senator Raphael Warnock is going to just make mincemeat out of him. It's it's not it's it's gonna be a shame really, um, but you know to for me what's worse is the Republican Party thinks that they can actually win the black vote with Herschel Walker as their representative. They're putting an unintelligible buffoon and clown up there. 
uh, to face off against someone uh, who is intelligent, articulate, charismatic, and politically astute as Senator Raphael Warnack is insulting. And that's another reason why the, the Republican Party is having such a problem connecting with black constituents because we can see right through that. I don't, I, you don't have to be Stevie Wonder. You can be Stevie Wonder, rather, and see right through that. Stevie Wonder see right, sees right through that. Oh, y'all, y'all, this is what y'all think of us? And, and, and if it is, it ain't much. Because he don't have, uh, he don't have uh, uh, um, a master of, of the King's English. He can barely he can barely put two sentences together. So this is what you guys think of us? I would be sorely offended. And then in the gubernatorial race, you have uh, Democratic candidate Stacey Abrams uh, going up against the uh, Republican sitting governor Brian Kemp, uh, who is uh, vying for re-election in the state of Georgia. And uh, that is an interesting race as well because um, Brian Kemp, Governor Kemp, is not a Trump loyalist like uh, many of many of the candidates running in the Republican Party. Uh, he is someone who, if you recall, during the presidential election in 2020, uh, refused to uh, to do the president's the former president's bidding. When it came to trying to overturn uh, the the votes uh, uh, in uh, in 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 the state of Georgia in favor of Donald Trump, and so he is not in the uh, former president's good graces, and yet he is still uh, you know uh, a sitting governor in the state of Georgia facing off against Democratic candidate Stacey Abrams, who uh, has. Uh, groundswell of support uh, there in the state of Georgia and uh, uh, I think uh, gr primarily responsible for uh, massive voter turnout uh, in the presidential election in 2020. Um, President Joe Biden has uh, openly admitted that uh, Stacey Abrams has um, uh, impact impacted his campaign greatly uh, with her efforts to get the uh, get black people out to vote or get people out to vote in period in the state of Georgia uh, during the presidential election in 2020, and uh, he would not be president if it were not for her if if it were not for her efforts, and she put together a powerful and dynamic grassroots campaign there in the state of Georgia, and uh, is helping her. Um, uh, in her bid, uh, her second bid to become the governor of the great state of Georgia. Uh, but again, I think this race is uh, just as interesting as the the, the Senate race because uh, you have uh, in the Senate race, Herschel Walker is a Trump loyalist. He's somebody that President Trump is supporting. And uh, on the uh, on the governor's side, 
uh, Brian Kemp, Governor Kemp, is not someone that Trump is supporting. In fact, he is uh, basically calling, he'd been calling for Brian Kemp to resign or to step down. But he cannot come out, of course, and support uh, the Democrat uh, Democratic candidate Stacey Abrams uh, because, of course, he is a Republican. He does not want uh, a, a Democrat to win that office, but he is not coming out to support Governor Brian Kemp as well because he does not think much of him, again, because he didn't support uh, Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the election. In fact, Brian Kemp uh, spoke out and in favor of uh, supporting uh, the the legitimate the, the legitimate legitimacy of the election operations in the state of Georgia when Republicans were trying to insinuate and imply and suggest uh, that uh, there were. Uh, all kinds of uh, illegal things going on uh, when it came to voting in the state of Georgia. Uh, so he did come out and uh, in 2020 and speak out against that and put those things to rest and to legitimize the election and was the lone Republican in that regard uh, when it came to um, legitimizing of the election operations in the state of Georgia, standing with the Secretary of State and other election officials to basically say that the, the election had not been stolen, uh, that the election was legitimate and certified in the state of Georgia. Uh, but uh, on the flip side, Brian Kemp is also responsible for some very, uh, I think, um, harmful legislation uh, when it comes to voting in the state of Georgia that uh, you know is, is, is set up to ultimately restrict and prohibit uh, African Americans from voting um, and according to uh, the legal defense uh, legal defense funds website uh, there is um, legislation uh, they're actually the Legal Defense Fund is suing. Um, the civil rights groups are suing the uh, suing the state of Georgia over new sweeping voter suppression laws that Governor Brian Kemp signed into law. Uh, civil rights groups, according to the Legal Defense Fund website, uh, have filed a new federal lawsuit against Georgia's sweeping law that makes it much harder for all Georgians to vote, particularly voters of color, new citizens, and religious communities. Uh, the lawsuit challenges multiple provisions in uh, SB 202, including a ban on mobile voting, uh, new narrow identification requirements for requesting and casting an absentee ballot, delayed and compressed time periods for requesting absentee ballots, restrictions on secure drop boxes, out-of-precinct provisional ballot disqualifications, drastic reduction in early voting and runoff elections, uh, perhaps the most cruelly banned on line warming where volunteers are provided water and snacks 
to Georgians disproportionately those of color who wait in needlessly long lines to cast their vote. These provisions, the lawsuit charges, violate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act and infringe on Georgians' rights under the first, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the United States Constitution. And this, these are uh, voter suppression laws that uh, Governor Brian Kemp signed into legislation. And this is why uh, we need to have the, uh, uh, the Voting Rights Act uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act uh, passed in both the House and the Senate, which again makes voting rights um, a federal uh, law and, and takes it out of the hands of the states so that they can continue making up their own laws for how they want their uh, people to vote. Uh, I think uh, voting should be a federal uh, law and not it should not be uh, handled solely by the states. And so this is where we are. And that's why I think this race is very important. What's happening in Georgia is a microcosm of what is happening around the country. Uh, we have uh, races that are taking place in states around the country both on the Democratic and Republican side that really mirror how both parties view uh, their constituents, particularly on the Republican side. When you look at candidates like Herschel Walker and how unqualified and unintelligent and um, and 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 oh, I, I'm just running out of adjectives to describe how inept this candidate is and 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 what and what the Republican Party may very well think of black people. As I said earlier, I believe that this is the reason why Black, uh, uh, the Republican Party's having problems connecting with new black constituents be primarily because they don't do not know the plight of black America. They do not know nor the, nor do they understand the plight of black America. And that's not to say that the Democrats have that have our plight down pack or ha or understand it uh, uh, much better, but. I, I really believe that there is a stark difference between uh, Democratic and Republican candidates. You can see that on the surface. And, and, and it's undeniable. It is undeniable. And, and, I, and in, in, in essence, what I'm saying is that we as black people deserve better. We do. We deserve better. We deserve better from the Democratic Party as well as the Republican Party. We deserve better. And um, and what's happening in Georgia, as I said, is a microcosm of what is happening around the country. But most importantly, people, as I say in most of the shows that we deal with when it comes to voting, we I hope you know and understand that I believe wholeheartedly that it's important that you go out to the polls and vote. You do not have the right to complain when you do not go to the polls and vote. 
and all these polling uh, posters that um, that take uh, that that are putting numbers out there in advance of the of the election to kind of uh, I guess put scare tactics out there. I would just say I would not pay attention to any of that uh, because what the final numbers say uh, are are based solely on what happens behind the voting booth. Those polls can be those numbers can be manipulated for whatever reason and and however they they feel that they need to be. But I think that it's important that you go to the polls and vote and particularly those in the state of Georgia under the sound of my voice. If you're listening, I hope you are to this podcast. Uh, when you know better, then you have to do better. And when it comes to the candidate Herschel Walker, uh, we all know that the only reason that the Republican Party is even supporting uh, Herschel Walker for uh, the Senate is because they know that he is a, a Trump loyalist and that uh, he's that if elected, that he will uh, be uh, basically a puppet that they can use uh, however they desire, whatever their will is for uh, for him and for the state of Georgia. They know they know that he won't be a free thinking. Uh, senator, he won't be someone that they would have a problem with. That he will toe the party line, so to speak, and and that is uh, one of the major problems that I have with the selection of someone like Herschel Walker uh, to uh, run for Senate, uh, even though he is an African American. Because in the Republicans' mind is that oh, this is you know this is our way of trying to court the black vote by having someone that. That looks like them uh, running against uh, 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 someone, uh, uh, someone else, uh, uh, another black man uh, in in uh, on the Democratic side. But you know, again, let's not fall for the okie doke. We we all are smarter than that. We know what is going on, and Senator Raphael Warnock is a very intelligent. Uh, and charismatic and articulate uh, senator, and he uh, is a free-thinking senator. He is one that uh, you know the Democratic Party has supported, of course, uh, but he's also uh, a man of great conscience and and morals, and he will stand for what is right. And I believe that uh, he will vote his conscience. And that, you know, if it's something does not sit right with him, that he will vocalize that he will verbalize. It, he will make it known. And he he is a man of principle. But you don't get that from Herschel Walker. You don't get that from the other side of the aisle. When uh, when. You can when you make the comparison between the two men, and that is where I am with what is going on in the state of Georgia. And at the end of the day, who do you want to represent you? Someone of high moral standards and values, uh, someone that is uh, intellect, uh, intellect, articulate, charismatic, uh, someone that 
uh, can speak the king's English and represent you well, or a puppet, a sand, a, a sandbow, or a, 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 a clown, you know. Who who do you want to represent you? At the end of the day, that's what this really boils down to, and that is uh, the question that Georgians are going to have to ask or answer rather in uh, November, which is just a few weeks away. So um, it, this is an interesting debate. It's going to be an interesting discussion to have. And uh, I'd like to know what your thoughts are about that as well. Hit us up on Facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ or on our social media at TOL Radio Host MSN. Uh, when you see any of these posts, let us know what your thoughts are. Hit us up, DM us uh, at any of those uh, social media outlets uh, or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. Guys, we're getting ready to take a break. But when we come back, we're jumping into our last topic of uh, the week. In this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about the Little Mermaid, Disney's Little Mermaid. There's a lot going on with that, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought for working experience.
global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, uh, have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. for The Little Mermaid is generating extraordinary reaction, especially among black girls. She's black! Oh, little black woman! She's like me! Many of them are mesmerized watching a cherished fairy tale character who looks just like them. 22-year-old actress Halle Bailey stars as Ariel in Disney's new live-action film, and she looks nothing like the animated Little Mermaid with red hair from the original 1989 classic. Wish I could be part of that world. Parents have been posting these charming videos to social media, many saying how important it is that their daughters see themselves reflected on the big screen. An extraordinary 104 million people have viewed the sneak peek, but apparently not everyone is happy to see a black Little Mermaid. Hard to believe, but the trailer has received more than 1.5 million dislikes on YouTube. Then there are the ugly, racist tweets. The Little Mermaid is white, not black. What people have to understand is that this is a beautiful opportunity for young people to see themselves in a situation and in a way in which they have not before. Halle Bailey says she's not focusing on the hate. I'm so grateful for what it will do for all the other little black and brown boys and girls who will see themselves in me. She's brown. And all she has to do is look at the excitement of the little girls embracing her. She's black. We are back, guys, and as we said before the break, we're going to be talking about The Little Mermaid in this segment. Hope you've been enjoying uh, the topics that we've decided to talk about and discuss in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, we started off uh, talking about the death of the uh, Queen Elizabeth II and uh, all of the implications that are surrounding her death and of course, uh, the ascension of King Charles III as the new monarch in uh, in England, uh, and you know the idolization of the royal family and what goes along with that. 
and of course the colonization of the British Empire and what goes along with that as well we talked about that in the first segment want to know what your thoughts are about that as well and then uh, in the second segment we talked about uh, what is happening in the state of Georgia with all of these races that are going on on both the Democratic and the Republican side? What is the Republican Party up to? Are they really and genuinely courting the black vote? And it does not appear to be uh, that does not appear to be the case uh, with candidates like Herschel Walker and Governor Brian Kemp. Those two individuals uh, are, are seem to be diametrically opposed to everything that is happening in the plight of black America. And so, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, the question that Georgians, as I said in the last segment, are going to have to answer uh, in November, which is just a few weeks away, uh, believe it or not. And so that is, to me, what is making these, these races in Georgia very, very interesting. But again, those who know us know that the bottom line is you've got to go out and vote. You've got to make your voice heard, because if you don't vote, you do not have a right to complain. And I'll say this and then we'll move on to the next topic. But when you don't vote or when you vote for the wrong person. And in this case, if you vote for Herschel Walker or you vote for Brian Kemp or you don't vote for Stacey Abrams or you don't vote for uh, Senator uh, Senator Warnock, then you have basically not just nullified your right to complain, but you have given uh you uh, you've given an advantage to the opposition you've given you you your no vote or your non-vote is really a yes vote for the other side because you continue to uh decrease the size of the electorate and make uh, and and make it where a smaller a smaller group of that population is now making decisions for the whole and you think that by you're not voting, you're doing, uh, you're 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 punishing, uh, you're punishing those who, you're you're punishing the electorate when actually you're punishing yourself. And so I say this, and we're moving on. Please go to the polls and vote in November. It is so very important that you do. And um, and make your voices heard. And so that is what we talked about in the first two segments of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. But in this segment, the final segment of this week's edition, we're talking about The Little Mermaid, the Disney uh, uh, movie that uh, uh, is about a uh, cartoon mermaid, uh, Ariel, who... Uh, you know, many of you know and have seen these videos or you're, you've shown them to your children. Uh, this is this movie dates all the way back to the cartoon itself dates all the way back to 1989 original animated 1989 film tells the story of a young mermaid Ariel who falls in love with a human prince. And it was uh, originally uh, written by uh, Hans Christian Andersen. And you've seen this 
uh, this movie. But Disney is now uh, remaking this movie in a live action uh, fashion, and they've cast a African American young girl, uh, Halle Bailey, as the star of Little Mermaid. Now, in order to better understand uh, this decision to cast an African American. Uh, young actress and singer Halle Bailey as Little Mermaid you have to also know that the original cartoon character was a white mermaid named Ariel in uh, in the original movie and so of course there's been a, a lot of backlash that have come along with that casting of Halle Bailey uh, there was a, 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 a teaser or trailer that was uh, released uh, just a few days ago. In fact, uh, according to NPR uh, article, Halle Bailey's Little Maid is already making waves among young black girls. Following the teaser trailer for the live action version of Disney's The Little Mermaid, parents of young black girls are posting videos across social media of their children's reaction to seeing Halle Bailey as Ariel and their videos of young girls watching the trailer and the teaser and and they're saying I want to watch it a girl says in the video posted by TikTok user Adelia uh, Chaya Cool and uh, mommy she's brown like me says a girl in another TikTok uh, but of course um, you know there is a backlash that has gone along with this this um, the, the casting of again an African American young girl in an interview with Variety, Bailey 22 addressed the backlash toward her casting in the lead role. Some on social media have used the hashtag "Not My Ariel" to say that casting a black actress goes against the original Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, which was originally published in Denmark in 1837. In the wake of that, Bailey says that her grandparents offered her some great perspective. They said it was an inspiring and beautiful thing to hear their words of encouragement telling me, you don't understand what this is doing for us, for our community, for all the little black and brown girls who are going to see themselves in you, Bailey said. And uh, I agree. I agree with Bailey's grandparents that uh, young black girls around the world will watch this this new movie, this live action movie with uh, actress and singer hey, uh, Halle Bailey and uh, see themselves in her. And what's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? And of course, you know, uh, people are used to seeing a certain thing, a certain way uh, and and because uh, they, they're, they're, you know, Disney is trying something different, and I applaud them for doing so, uh, then people have a problem with that. And we can understand that. But uh, I, I think it's important for uh, our community to see, uh, uh, this, the, and, and, and for our community to see uh, other uh, black young actresses and singers in roles that were traditionally white by uh, traditionally white so that 
uh, our young people can see themselves uh, transposed in them and they can say you know this is you know mommy I can be this and mommy I can do that you know I want to be an actor one day I want to be an actress one day I want to be a I want to be on television one day what's wrong with that what's wrong with uh, you know th th those positive images uh, being projected to uh, young people uh, young black boys and girls around the country and even around the world I think it's so I think it's very important and you know of course you, you have you know those on the other side uh, you know that that will say well here you know, black people are always you know trying to to, 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 to push their way to the front they're, they're always trying to, uh, to, 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 to to get in front of the camera they're always trying to to to, um, to push their cause or push their movement uh, but I, you know I don't I don't see us being any different than any other community that's doing the same thing I, you know uh, the 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 uh, our white counterparts are doing the same thing when it comes to pushing their agendas and pushing uh, you know pushing their narratives and and whatever they want in in the public's uh, view and the public's eye so I, I don't see a, a problem with us doing it whenever we have an opportunity to do so as well and when you look at historically how we have been disenfranchised and how we have been pushed to the background in so many instances in so many cases when you have an opportunity uh, to uh, highlight uh, an Afri a young African-American uh, actress like H Halle Bailey who is doing something positive, who is uh, projecting a positive image to our young black girls, not just in this country, but around the world. What do you say to that? I mean, why would you have a problem with that? And 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 that's and that is where I am. And I, that, I wanted to highlight this story because I believe that uh, it, it is um, um, uh, a step in the right direction. Our young black girls need to see more positivity uh, on television and on social media because they're inundated with so much negativity uh, on a regular. Our young kids are are being exposed to. Uh, TikTok and, 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 and Instagram at a very young age and uh, TikTok is a social media uh, you know uh, another social media application where you know they see videos all the time and of course there are many people that are doing creative things and there's some things that they should not be seeing uh, that are very you know sensitive to the eyes of our young people and so uh, because they're being exposed to so much, why not expose them to more positivity? Why not expose them to things that we want, that we expect for them uh, in the future? I write in my book, uh, who, my first book, Who Told You That You Were Naked, talking about exposure, that we need to expose our young people to the success we expect for them to have in the future. Because nowadays, so much of their exposure is negative. 
so much of what they've been exposed to is negative and what what ultimately happens is what you are exposed to is what you will ultimately become and that is a sad reality but it is a reality that we have to deal with and so I say that we need to expose our young people to positive things and that is and 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 because they're being exposed to positive things then the hope is that they will ultimately become positive people in the future and that's why I want to share this uh, this story with you in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, this story. And again, hit us up on Facebook at Thinking Out Loud HQ, Facebook.com, Thinking Out Loud HQ, uh, or Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN or the TOL Radio Show, or on TikTok at TOL Radio Host MSN. Or just hit us up on uh, in in, a, in our DMs or in an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. Thanks, guys. Uh, we get ready to take our last break. When we come back, we give you our thought of the week. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. This is Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We'll be right back. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision Vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jamel Hill, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with my man, Michael Nimitz. Stay locked. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's time, 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 thought for this week is entitled God Save Our World. One of my favorite scriptures in the word of God is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 where the Lord offers a prescription for the remedy for the ills that have been plaguing God's people. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will they hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal 
their land. Whether we know it or not, our world is in trouble. Trouble over here, trouble over there, trouble, trouble everywhere. From massive poverty and pestilence to calamity and massive destruction, our world is in trouble. Dr. King characterized our trouble in three different categories. He referred to our trouble as a midnight or a darkness so deep that we cannot see which way to turn. Dr. King said that it was midnight in the social order, midnight in the psychological order, and midnight in the moral order. And each of these midnights have caused us to experience a darkness so deep that we again cannot see which way to turn. But today in the wake of Queen Elizabeth's death, instead of us seeking guidance and direction from God, instead of us seeking solace and comfort in his word, we seek refuge in the creature comforts of the British Empire. An estimated 2 million people will pass through Westminster Hall this week to pay their respects to a lifeless monarch who can do nothing for them, whose fate is ultimately in the hands of an even higher power than their own. And yet millions of people still treat her as if she's the end all and be all of their existence. Our thought this week is in no way meant to diminish her life nor trivialize her death, but to put it in its proper perspective. God Save the Queen was the rallying cry of the British for more than 70 years. And now that the Queen is gone, the baton is now passed to the King who certainly needs God's blessings as well. God Save the King is a new anthem for which the nation will beseech the Lord on behalf of their King. And in the poignant words of the prophet Isaiah in the book that bears his name, the harvest is past and the summer is ended and we are not saved. Where or from whom will our salvation come? Is it the queen? Is it the king? Or is it from anyone in the royal family? History says no. Inasmuch as one man dies, another one lives and so goes the circle of life. Therefore, our salvation is not found in a man or a woman, but our salvation is found in the God who created both the heavens and the earth. He and he alone can save us from ourselves. He and he alone can heal mankind's infirmities. He and he alone can heal mankind's internal wounds. He and he alone is the savior of our souls. Subsequently, we must redirect our focus. We must change our perspective when it comes to the source of our salvation. David rightfully declares in Psalms 121, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. All of my help cometh from the Lord which made the heavens and the earth. Our salvation does not come from the hills, but my help cometh from the God who made the hills. My help comes from the God who made the heavens and the earth. He and he alone is the answer to the world's problems. He and he alone is the answer to world hunger. He and he alone is the cure for man's diseases. He and he alone is the remedy for the world's failing global economy. He and he alone is the prescription for man's inhumanity to man. 
he and he alone is the bridge over troubled waters he is justice personified he is love visualized he is peace materialized he is indeed the answer to the world's problems we look to him for direction we look to him for strength we look to him for our well-being for the apostle paul rightfully declared in acts 17 and 2 for it's in him that we live move and have our being so today our prayer should be not only god save the queen and god save the king but god save the president god save our leaders but not only that God save humanity. God save the indigent. God save the immigrant. God save the disenfranchised. God save our communities. God save our families. God save our children. God save our countries. God save our nation. God save our world. enjoyed this week's thought entitled God save our world because that is the spiritual refrain that we should be rehearsing each and every day of our lives we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the thinking out loud radio show where we discussed the death of Queen Elizabeth and her legacy uh, idolizing the British family as well as the colonization of the British Empire. We also hope you enjoyed us talking about what's going on in the state of Georgia, especially with the races that are going on heading into the November midterm elections. What do you think is going to happen? How are things going to shake out between the, gov the gubernatorial race, uh, candidate Stacey Abrams, and uh, sitting governor, uh, Brian Kemp, as well as the Senate race between uh, Senator Raphael Warnack and Republican candidate Herschel Walker. Love to know what your thoughts are about that as well. As well as our final uh, topic we discussed, which was the Little Mermaid. Uh, what do you think about the controversy surrounding a African-American young songstress and actress uh, portraying the role of the Little Mermaid. We love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. Hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ or on any of our social media at, the, at TOL Radio Host MSN or the TOL Radio Show. Or just send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. We love to hear from you. Remember, guys, to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase 
our exposure across the world wide web well guys tune in next week we're going to have another great show in store for you we're getting ready to get out of here but before we do as always remember if you think it you can believe it if you can believe it you can see it if you can see it you can be it the power rests within you the mind is the most powerful muscle in your body use what you got to get what you want the power is in you it's the thinking out loud radio show thank you for listening Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.